Hey, you guys, it's Trent Irwin here, Stanford football player, wide receiver number two, uh, and you're listening to episode 35 of Authentic Athletes. What is up, everyone, and welcome to Authentic Athletes. I'm your host, Greg Jones, and it is my job to provide you with a fun and meaningful conversation from your favorite athletes. And today, I talk with Stanford wide receiver Trenton Irwin. And Trenton is making a name for himself both on and off the field. He's been named a two-time Pac-12 All-Academic Honorable Mention. And he's also earned the right on the field to be called the, quote, best spark in college football. And that's coming to you from his fellow teammate and now NFL running back Christian McCaffrey. And so my goal is to get athletes on the show at all different stages in life, right? And this conversation with Trenton and I, we focus specifically on his transition from high school to college and everything he did and did not expect. So this is a great conversation for all of you high school athletes making your way to the college level. Trenton talks through his decision-making, who has had an influence on him as a mentor, and what it's like to be playing at the top level against some incredible athletes. So without further ado, let's get into it. Please enjoy this conversation with Stanford wide receiver, Trenton Irwin. Trenton, thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, what's happening, y'all? It's always a pleasure to have a fellow wide receiver on the show. And I know what it's like to be in a predominantly run offense, but that also means that when your number is called, it's usually for a big play. And that means your coaches and your teammates, you know, they have trust in you to make that play. Your fellow teammate, Christian McCaffrey, said it himself that you're the biggest spark in college football. That's pretty sweet, man. Well, that, that's an honor. And, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a great athlete, great kid. And his work ethic is beyond pretty much anyone else I've seen. So, I mean, that's a that's an honor coming from that person for sure. Yeah, man. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Kudos to you for that. But my goal of this conversation is to really dive into how you got to where you are today, right? And the lessons that you've learned along the way. So I want to start it out by taking you back to your recruiting days. You were a highly recruited athlete coming out of high school. You know, you had 10 plus offers and you narrowed it down to Stanford and Arizona State. Those are two very different schools. (laughs) Can you share your recruiting process and why you chose Stanford? I mean, you know, both those schools, were, you know, Pac-12, near home, and, you know, elite football schools. Uh, you know, and I love both the coaches there. But uh, for me, you know, it was uh, my quarterback in high school was uh, going to ASU, and I'd been you know, playing with him for six years. So it had been, you know, a good connection. And, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, but after visiting both schools, I just felt like Stanford was a better fit for me. Uh, you know, personally, I just felt like it was, you know, I like I like the people there, and uh, you know the coaches seemed really interested, and it was they were they were interested in me for sure, and I, I like that. And my you know, for me, I wanted to go to the place where I was most wanted, and you know, I felt I felt that was that was here, and you know, I mean, it's been a a good couple of years here, and then, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Stanford is a fantastic school, both athletic wise and academics. So, you know, either way, you're set up in the future. Was there a specific moment that that solidified your decision to choose Stanford over Arizona State? I know my mama really loves Stanford. 
So, <laughs> you know, mama's got a lot of power. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I could say there's a specific moment, but a lot, a lot of, you know, mama, mama loving, it's always going to, you know, influence and stuff. Dude, that is true, man. And you're the oldest. Yes. The oldest of four. I can see you, your mom wanting you to go to Stanford. I mean, you set the bar off right for your siblings and stuff. I mean, so during that whole recruiting process, right? Mm-hmm. There's obviously a lot of stuff that you wish you knew. If you could go back and give yourself some advice during that process, what would it be? One of the things I said earlier was my main advice. I've talked to uh, Pat or athletes coming in right now is go where you wanted. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't really you know, have fault for going where you wanted, but you also have to take into account that, I mean, you've seen all the coaches change ups. You can't go just for a coach. You can't go to a school just because you like this coach or that coach or, you know, I mean, cause they change so quickly, regardless of, you know, how almost regardless of how good they do, because it's, it's a business, you know, if the team doesn't do good or that good for two years, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to go thinking about your academics. You got to go thinking about the environment and, you know, you just got to talk to the people and see if that that's your group of people. Because for me, this team that you know I play on right now is just a great group of people. And I enjoy hanging out with all of them, regardless of who the coach is, regardless of what campus it is. And I think that's important. Yeah, that's a good point too. And you mentioned a lot of the coaches moving on and either, you know, going to a different school or things don't work out and, and they're let go. I mean, look at Arizona State, right? I mean, they just, they're going through a coaching change right now. So obviously there's, with a coaching change, there's a couple of years of rebuilding the program. And so you would have been in that rebuilding phase, but now you're with Stanford where, you know, you have Coach Shaw who is just, who's been there for a while, right? And he understands the program and understands the Pac-12 conference and, and understands college football. So I, I went through a coaching change my freshman year, um, at the Naval Academy from Coach Johnson to Coach Neamont. And luckily, Coach Neamont was under the coaching staff of, of Paul Johnson. So there was not a lot that changed within that program. But, you know, you see it all the time with coaches changing. And, you know, it's 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 something to consider, right? And it sounds like you made the right decision doing that. And, and you had a level head when you were making that decision to choose Stanford over Arizona State. Going through that whole high school to college transition, I mean, that's a big step you know, both on the field and off the field, was there, how was that transition for you? Um, you know, a lot of it's time management. It's, it's, you know, I mean, you go to, uh, whenever like you're in high school, you know, the teacher always tells you, Hey, remember to do the homework or, you know, and all that, or your mom <laughs> reminds you, hey, you know, remember to do this. You, you get up here and it's like the teacher teaches, but the homework's all online. So you got to look up what the homework was and when it's due so it's no longer you're no longer getting reminded to do stuff. You got to actually look it up or plan it yourself. So I think that's that was the biggest thing for me, uh, academically or at least in the classroom. Yeah. Is and even just like going to football, you know, schedules. You have to just schedule out your day. You got to know what you're doing, and you got to just have that schedule down so that you don't miss anything. Because you know there are there are punishments, especially for football for missing stuff, and there's academic you know grade punishments. We're missing that too. So it's, I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. On the field, I'd say, you know, the speed is, is huge. Uh-huh. The, you know, I mean, you don't have a lot of times you have like a weak person in high school who's, you know, not that good, but you know, in, in college you get the best of the best. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always a fun competition with those guys. Cause I always tease, uh, our cornerbacks are, you know, great athletes, but 
they're so smart. They're mentally freaking looking at everything. They look at film to see like every minute detail of something you do. So a move that you did on them a week ago might on, might not work on them this time. Yeah. But then you also have to have a counter to be able to set them up and make them indecisive. So I, I like that part of the game, but that's something that is new. Yeah, strategic part on the field and also accountability off the field. You know, it, it's a... Uh... It's good points. Good points for anybody taking any type of lesson into their everyday lives. Thanks for sharing that. Um, was there anything in particular that you struggled with or that caught you off guard about playing college football? There's a lot more knowing coverages. You know, we have to watch, you know, rolling safeties or corners and how they play. So there's a lot more of that. And, you know, we base our a lot of our concepts off of those plays. So, you know, it's – I mean, now obviously it's a lot simpler for me. But, yeah. like, coming in – I was a little bit shook by that. I didn't know, you know, I was just running a route and I wasn't really looking around to see what's happening. So I think that was a, a new uh, step for me. Yeah. You know, I, I think about it coming from high school to college. You're right. If, if it's a pass play and you run, you know, a slant, you know that the, you're going to run a slant, right? Or if it's a post, you're going to run a post. But in college, you have to have those pre-snap reads and you have to determine, you know, where the safety is at. Is it, you know, a rolling safety or is it too high safety and they're in cover too, you know, whatever it is, you have to know that before. So if you need to adjust your route or what, or talk to the quarterback, you know, there's, there's a lot of pre-snap reads that go into it that I was not um, aware of, but you know, it, it takes a little time. You're right. You know, you're um, a stage now where you understand that and you're accustomed to it. But you know, a lot of guys coming in, it's, it's a steep learning curve. How did you deal with those struggles? You know, I mean, there's always coaches in the ear, and you know, I think I think the biggest thing you have to, you know, whether going to a new job or going to a freaking college and playing D1 football, you have to be able to ask questions. You know, you have to be wanting to learn. You know, soak up whatever ever information they have, but you have to be willing to ask questions. You can't just sit there and you know not know the answer to stuff. I think it's important to just, you know, there there is no such thing as a dumb question because if you don't know it. You got to know it. <laughs> no, that's true. That's very true. <clears throat> and talking about coaches, do you have a coach that's a mentor of yours to help you push or lean on for support and advice? I mean, I, I like to talk to a lot of the coaches and they're all good dudes. I've been talking to Tavita a lot, Tavita mm-hmm. Pritchard. Um, you know, I always talk, I always, I talk everything with him, really. I talk, whether it be family, I talk, you know, mental game. I talk, you know, the concepts in football. I talk about, you know, he's, he's got a new little kid. So I'm always talking with Tavita nice. just about life. You know, I mean, it's a good it's a good person to just sort of talk to and, you know, bounce ideas off or whatever. I read that you study A.J. Green and Doug Baldwin in the offseason. Is there, is there a specific reason for that? I study a lot of people, too. Like, I, we have a um, pretty good cut-up of NFL, you know, receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I like to just be able to watch how people, you know, do the craft. I mean, my, my concept, at least, not like in life sort of is like, especially for something that is, has been done. The path is paved, you know, you know what you have to do, you know what others do and you know how they do it to, you know, get good. So it's really a matter of putting the work in and studying them. I mean, you look at like Kobe to uh, Jordan, you know, they always say that, you know, Kobe, you can like match clips up to make them look almost identical. Yeah. And, I think, you know, there's people like that in the league who have, you know, modeled their game off of other people. I think maybe Doug Baldwin might have modeled his game a little bit off of, like, Steve Smith. Um, and, and you can find comparisons in that. And it's sort of taking what you have, like, what they have 
into account, but also like looking at what they use to get open and see if you can incorporate that in your game. And I think that there are, you know, there are some people that I am not physically dumb, so they might might not be the best uh, example. You know, if I were to watch some Gronkowski film, I'm not six seven <laughs> two eight years. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but you can learn something from them. You, there's little minute details that you can learn from anyone, and that's I, I like to broaden my spectrum of people I watch, and then narrow it down to someone who's similar to me, and see if I can use their things too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it makes me think about some advice that I heard. And it's really applicable, you know, off the field, more in like the business world. But it was talking about how you want to take advice from people who are successful and people who have done it before and had success. And what you're doing is you're watching film on people who are successful, you know, and you're trying to mirror your game based off of them. So, you know, if and when you make it to the next level, you have all of this knowledge before of, hey, Steve Smith ran this route because it was this coverage or Doug Baldwin right. ran this route because of this coverage. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a very smart approach to that. And, and it's something that you can take off the field as well. And, you know, that leads into my next question. What is something that you take from football and you apply off the field? You know, I think competitiveness in general is just a good asset to have, you know, it doesn't matter you know, what activity you did or whatever, just to be able to be competitive and confident in your ability. I think that is applicable to life. Um, but I think an interesting thing, at least for me, is like, if you look at like confidence, and I'm not a lot, I mean, you know, a lot of confidence is built through work. I agree with that. But some of it is the the mindset, you know, just yeah. having, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to beat this dude. It doesn't matter how many times, you know, this guy stopped me. It does like, well, look for look at, my best example is like Kobe Bryant, and that's why they say you know, Mamba time or whatever to do it. Yeah, and he has confidence that if he missed ten shots in a row, he has confidence that with three seconds left, he can throw a ball up and it'll freaking go in. Yeah, and that confidence is an interesting thing, and I, I just it's one of those things I think you can use in life to just be able to be confident in your ability. And just not really question stuff, you know. You don't question stuff doesn't really help you. Just being able to be confident in what you got. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. And so, aside from you know your confidence and and your overall athleticism, how do you add value to the team? My goal is to be like an emotional leader. So I'm trying to get get everyone juiced, or you know, get everyone to have energy and you know, like have fun. For yeah. me, I think you know, football's a fun game. You got to have fun. So. If someone's not having fun, I'm trying to get them to have fun. Or, you know, a lot of people like competing for fun. A lot of people like certain things for fun. So I I think I'm there to just atone energy-wise. Like, you know, this is the standard. This is what we got to do. And this is, you know, this is something that can't be, you know, you can't slack on. But also there to have fun in times. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge part of the game. And I love it when coaches like, hey, you guys go out there and just have fun. You know, because that takes the pressure off. Right. We spoke with Mike Lee, who's a professional boxer. He's undefeated now and making his way up the ranks. He said, look at my demeanor before I enter the ring. You know, a lot of guys, they walk through the crowd and, you know, their face is just, you know, they don't have a smile. They're they're focused. And he was like, when I walk in, I smile. I'm laughing because that's that that's the best emotions for me when I for when I fight. You know, I like to have fun. And yeah. And so also from, aside from athletics, you know, you're a two-time Pac-12 all-academic 
honorable mention. That right there is awesome, especially at Stanford. Um, where does that measure on your, you know, accomplishments scale? Um, you know, I, I think it's a big deal. I think it's, it's something that I, you know, take my, pr- take pride in, you know, just working every day. I mean, it's, it's part of that competitive nature where I just want to be able to, you know, be the best I can at what I, <clears throat> at what I do. I mean, it's, it's humbling though, you know, to go into class and, and whether it be in, you know, I don't, there's, there's like the number one person in the nation in what they do in my classes a lot of times. So it's, it's humbling <laughs> to see those people. And, you know, I know I can't, you know, I mean, there's like, I met someone in one of my English classes who was like, I think he was like, second or third in the chemistry Olympics out of like as a senior in high school. That's awesome. And I was like, well, I know if I'm in a chemistry class with him, I'm not going to be able to compete with him, <laughs> but I can, you know, feed off of him and learn from him. So I, it's, it's, it's unique to be in those situations. And you do know that you're with very elite uh, company. Absolutely, man. It goes back to that advice. Like, Hey, surround yourself with positive people who have been successful before and take their advice. You know, that's, that's funny. Um, is it true that Stanford athletes, they can't room with other Stanford athletes? So for the first year, that's how they do it. You come in and you have, gotcha. uh, Okay. you have a random for our fr- freshman year, you have a random roommate who you won't know until, uh, you know, until day one. And, you know, I was, I got here early because of football Yeah. and my roommate ended up being a kid named Johnny Lee. He was a CS major. You know, um, nice kid from Florida, and you know, I mean, we're we still hang out all, all the time. We just went golfing the other day, so it's a good way to meet people that you wouldn't always meet. Yeah, that's really cool. And it, they don't pair athletes up with athletes when for incoming freshmen, right? No, no, I think they, I think they actually don't pair it on purpose. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a really cool way to meet people and, and to expand your network too. Exactly. Now that you're playing now, you've played for, you know, <clears throat> a nice couple of years, making your way through the college atmosphere, who is someone that you've played with or against that made you say, hey, whoa, like, they are good? I'd have to say, like, Sidney Jones was pretty impressive. Played against, played with, I would say, Christian. Yeah. But played against, you know, I would say Sidney Jones just because, like, you look at film and a lot of times film doesn't do someone justice or you can't pick out the minute details that are necessary to really – you know, you tell how good the person is. And I think Sidney Jones was a pretty elite player yeah. that, you know, we didn't, we didn't have, uh, from watching film, we didn't get all that was there when we played him. Wow. And for everybody listening, who is Sidney Jones? Sidney Jones, he's a cornerback for, uh, he was a cornerback for Washington. Okay. And he is back for Philadelphia. He tore his Achilles, actually, so he didn't really play this year. But he might, he might get a shot to play, I think, in the playoff. Well, who was one leader on the team that you look up to and why? I would say Dalton Schultz. You know, he was a senior tight end. He's, I think, yeah, he declared for the draft. Um, I mean, he, he was, you know, a good dude, but like he kept us accountable, I think. And, you know, many times people wanted to point fingers or, you know, say this and that, especially with the rough start of the year we had. But, you know, Dalton Schultz brought us together and really kept us accountable. And I think that was a big reason on why the end of the year or you know the whole season ended up being how it was so i I look up to that dude and you know how much he's done for the team and just in general that's awesome that's a great characteristic to have too you know someone who you can lean on and that holds the team accountable and holds individuals accountable you know that's that's definitely something and and that's definitely a trait that you want in a leader um well trenton 
I would like to wrap up, and there's one question that I like to ask everybody on the show. What's your favorite memory of playing football? I'd have to say I was, I think I was nine years old, and I was playing, we were just throwing the ball around with my buddy uh, Brandon Cox, who played at Utah for a bit, uh-huh. and uh, it had rained the previous day, and there were these big old puddles of mud and just water, and we just played catch. We played catch, and he'd throw it over the puddle, and I'd dive in and slide for a couple of feet in the puddle of mud. <laughs> I think I mean, that was just you know a good little kid time that I'll always remember. You know, just acting a fool and having fun. That's awesome, man! What a memory, and what a cool memory with everything that you've done and everything you've accomplished. You know, playing at Stanford, you know, being a top recruit. It's just something so simple is just throwing the football with your buddy in the mud and just like diving and getting all dirty, man. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> well, Hey man, I, I do want to thank you again. Thank you for, you know, sharing your story and all the lessons that you've learned. Um, I, I really do think it's beneficial for everybody listening. So I, I do want to wish you the best of luck um, in the coming years. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Trenton Irwin. Something I take from Trenton is the importance of time management his ability to manage football and academics at a top university like Stanford is a valuable trait, and that is absolutely something you can take and apply in your life. Before you go, please take a second to share authentic athletes with a fellow sports fan. All the links can be found on the website, AuthenticAthletesTheShow.com. Again, it's AuthenticAthletesTheShow.com. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day.